Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. I am Sarah Jane Case and this is Enneagram and Coffee. Hello friends, happy Wednesday. I hope your day is treating you well. Today I am answering your questions texted in to our phone number from how to tell the difference between type threes and ones, codependency in the Enneagram, how to tell if I'm a dominant two or three, my least favorite things about the Enneagram and more. But first, today is Rosebud and Thorn. My rose for today is that there are these flowers that I got from Trader Joe's that are sitting on our dining room table. I don't know what they are, but there is one of the most incredible things I have ever seen. When I bought them, I didn't realize they were flowers. I thought they were these like little green bulb things. <laughs> and the bulb was like essentially made up of a bunch of little dots and they were all green. And then as the week has progressed, kind of around the outside of this flower has bloomed these like light pink petals. So it had like one row around the outside and then all of a sudden it was two rows and almost all of them have bloomed at this point. Just kind of adding petals throughout the week. It's, it was just incredible. It was so beautiful. I don't know what on earth it what these are. I'm going to find out maybe one day and let you know. Maybe you know, but they were Ugh, just made me so happy. My thorn is that honestly, I get stressed when I have a lot of meetings like on my calendar. It makes me feel um, like I don't have control of my schedule, like I'm not in charge of my time. It's not my favorite feeling. This is ridiculous because I love the meetings themselves, right? I love talking to people, but it's just the idea of having like my time taken away from me is is not my favorite feeling even if i'm doing it to myself it doesn't make sense but i have a lot of meetings in the next three weeks because it's exciting time in the business and i'm trying to really refocus that energy and basically kind of honor the fact that okay i'm feeling a lot of feelings right now this is bringing up a lot for me I'm experiencing a lot of sensations in my body and my mind, but how can I make sure that I'm pivoting those into the right place? Because these are good things in my life. Like I love the summit. I love connecting with people. I love connecting with all of you. I love making this offering for you. So having all of these meetings is actually one of the most beautiful things I get to do this year. And so I just really am like, shifting that energy and really putting it in its proper place, which is excitement. My bud is that I am doing the panel interviews right now for the summit, like going through each of the Enneagram types and interviewing the panels and holy Moses, they are good. Like people just really have showed up and it's making me, it just reminds me of why I love the Enneagram. Every time I go do a panel, I see the Enneagram in a whole new way. So I'm thrilled to get to share that with you all soon. 
Okay, now let's get into today's questions. So question number one, hi, Sarah Jane, I'm Steph. I recently sent in questions and heard you answer on the podcast. Thank you. Oh, that's wonderful. And my question now has to do with threes and ones. Are they often mistyped? If so, what, how, what are some ways to discern between the two? Okay, so some similarities between three and one are that both prioritize tasks, right? They both like to get things done. Both feel the need to get things done. Both look for ways that things can be improved. It's a little bit different. Threes are always trying to like not stagnate, always grow. Ones always see where things could be fixed. Both tend to be visibly put together, just like in, on a surface level thing. They both tend to look put together. Not always, but sometimes, most of the time. Now the big difference is here. Ones tend to focus on perfection over production, meaning they may have a hard time getting things out the door because they're so focused on making them better versus threes are gonna be production over perfection. They're gonna to wanna to get things done, get them out the door, be efficient, and they're not as focused on like constantly refining and fixing things. Ones highly value integrity. Um, they want to honor their values, honor the truth of who they are, honor what they believe in and their ethics. Whereas threes, they tend to morph to match the tone of a group. They tend to kind of want, they naturally kind of fit in wherever they are. And therefore, um, their tone, they tone shift based off of who they're engaging with. And sometimes that can be at, as a sacrifice to their ethics. Whereas ones are more likely to make you uncomfortable in order to be true to who they, what they believe is right. Threes may fit into the group or choose to appear successful over what they think is like the right thing to do. Ones may struggle more with ethics of money. So when it comes to like making money, ones may feel guilt for that or feel like that's the wrong thing to do or maybe they have some struggles around if they should or shouldn't. While threes tend to prioritize material success and like showing off material success doesn't often seem like a problem. Now there is an exception with a self-preservation three, which can look like a type one, but I do have a whole subtype episode for the three that you can listen to that will go into more detail with that. But in general, ones are a little bit more detail oriented more focused on their ethics and their integrity, whereas threes tend to be more efficient focused and more image conscious than our ones. The next question is, hello, Sarah Jane, my name is Tegan, and my question is, is there a specific Enneagram number that relates to being codependent? And could you do an episode on codependency in the Enneagram numbers? Also would love an episode on inner child healing or reparenting through the numbers. Thank you. Love the podcast and the book. Thank you, Tegan. So, you know, not necessarily, like there's not necessarily like one number that is more prone to codependency than the others. Any type can be codependent. However, nines, sixes, and twos are typically the most relational of the numbers, particularly nines and twos. So they can be more inclined toward codependency in that way, just because other people's experience with them tends to matter more. Um, and, and also our force can oftentimes look for a rescuer. So they may be seeking someone who can 
make them feel the way that they want to feel. If they find someone who makes them feel the way that they want to feel, um, codependency can occur, right? Because there's a fear of losing that person. So that is another situation that can arise. However, again, like any of us can fall into codependency for any reason. Um, it, the, the Enneagram doesn't discriminate against these kind of things and it doesn't really give us a clear window into that. What it can give us a window into is why we became codependent. So that's where the Enneagram is a really incredible tool for codependency. So if I'm on type nine and I'm in a codependent relationship, the Enneagram can say, oh, hey, you learned in your life that you need to have as few feelings and opinions as possible. And therefore you tend to merge with the people that you're close to and just kind of go along to get along. And your kind of path out of codependency is to start putting your foot down, start having stronger opinions, spending more time with yourself, asking yourself deeper questions, getting to know yourself better so that you know what feels good and what doesn't feel good and how to set healthy boundaries. So that's kind of how I would use the Enneagram in codependency work. Now, I would love to do an episode on codependency. I would also love to do an episode on inner child work for sure. I actually went ahead and put the inner child work episode on the calendar. So we will see that one coming soon. Okay, our next questions all came in together as a set of three, but I will answer them one at a time. So question one, how can I tell if I'm a two wing three or three wing two? Although I feel like a two, I moved to nine in stress rather than eight. I'm torn and I can't find my number. So there are some similarities between two and three. Um, both can mask and morph to fit a group. Both are quite charming. The social two especially can be pretty entrepreneurial in nature and kind of take a leadership role. And the sexual three can be pretty relationally oriented and take on a supporter role. So there's some kind of cross experiences here. The major difference is that our threes are going to be process over people, whereas our twos are going to be people over process, meaning that you can kind of gauge this by checking in with how you feel when you're interrupted at work. Our threes tend to find that irritating, right? Because they're focused on the task at hand. They need to get things done. So you're interrupting their flow. While twos tend to invite that disruption because they are relationally oriented. They want the people, they want the feedback from the people, they want to feel good in that way. Threes tend to feel good by getting things done. Twos tend to feel good by being approved by others. Now, the biggest difference and the biggest thing to take into mind is just the core world view. I am as lovable as I am liked versus I am as worthy as I am successful. Twos tend to believe they are, they need to help in order to be loved and threes tend to believe that they need to be successful in, in order to have worth. Now, when it comes to your stress move, I'm curious if you feel like I'm definitely a type two, if there could be some element of that move to four that's coming into play. Maybe your, um, you know, it's your rest number, but that doesn't mean that you can't hit the low end of it. Um, fours are also action repressed types similar to nine, and that might be something worth exploring. 
Next is what is your least favorite thing about the Enneagram? I love it, but sometimes it feels restricting and limiting with all of the categories. I was wondering if you felt this way too sometimes, even as an expert. Yes, I definitely feel this way. Honestly, when I am looking at the Enneagram through the lens of Instagram, I lose sight of its magic. And even if I'm just reading it in books, I sometimes can disconnect and over-intellectualize the Enneagram and therefore miss some things. There are days where there is just so much Enneagram talk content online that sometimes it makes me feel like if I see one more Enneagram meme, I'm gonna freak out. Um, especially when they're telling me that I'm a type, as a type seven, I love to go to parties and apparently I'm super into glitter for some reason. Like this, it really, it's very off-putting for me and it's a big reason why I have put so much more effort and energy into the podcast over Instagram lately and kind of how I'm shifting Instagram content, which will, it will shift more over time just to be more heart-centered, um, intentional, less repetitive, because I think a lot of times in the Instagram content, it just feels like everyone's saying the same thing and they're all screaming at me and it's over, it's just too much. I don't know. It's just too much for me sometimes. So in that way, when I'm, when I'm experiencing the Enneagram through Instagram, yeah, definitely so much, I, I, so much over too much. However, when I'm taking a workshop, when I'm listening to panels, everything changes especially with panels. Panels have been the thing that reconnects me to the heart of the Enneagram over and over and over again. So if you're not familiar, panels are essentially where you have, you're learning the Enneagram by listening to people talk about themselves. So we have a group of type nines and they're all just sharing their life experience and how they feel and how they think. You see the similarities in their stories and in the things that they resonate with and their body language and their demeanor and the way that they talk and think and process. And all of the sudden, this thing that feels kind of lifeless to us or rigid or restrictive in some ways becomes this living, breathing pain point in like actual human beings. And so it takes it away from being this thing we can over-intellectualize, we can stereotype, we can simplify, and turns it into this beautiful, like breathing, beating heart experience that reconnects us to ourselves, reconnects us to humanity, and reminds us of why the Enneagram matters. So that's why we're doing panels in the summit, because I'm obsessed. So my least favorite part of the Enneagram is honestly one of the things that I do, which is Instagram, unfortunately. Okay, next is how can I, as a social subtype two wing three, get along with my team of mostly fives? First, let them come to you. So remember that their fear is being invaded upon, right? Like having their energy and their resources taken from them. So you can be light to the touch when it comes to inviting them to things, asking them to participate in things, and just kind of let them come to you and you'll have a better relationship to most fives. The other thing is engage their interests. So when you do go to them, engage in the things you know they're interested in because they can talk about that all day long. So if you know that this type five is like really into boating, ask them questions about it, show interest in their interests, and you can connect on that level. 
also fives compartmentalize, meaning they have like a work life, they have a home life, they have, you know, things tend to be separate in their mind. And so just keep that in mind. They may not invite you into their personal life and that's because they themselves just kind of like to keep things separate. And the final thing is to not take that personally. Like it's definitely not about you. It's like they start the day with a certain amount of energy and they see it depleting as the day goes on. And so they're in a constant race against depletion and any unexpected interaction is kind of feels like it's kind of sucking from that cup, right? So um, please don't take it personally, but if you do wanna really get them going, if you wanna connect to them, ask them about something you know they're interested in. All right, friends, today's podcast is brought to you by Osea. Ah, I am so excited and honored that Osea has partnered with the podcast. This has been like on my vision board for a couple of years. It is hard to find skincare products that you truly love that are clean and safe and good for the environment. There's just so much at play when it comes to skincare that I've often been really overwhelmed by picking ingredients that don't have too harsh of scents, that aren't made with really intense chemicals, that I'm not just like actively harming the environment when I use them and harming me. But Osea creates skin and body care products powered by the sea. They've made clean, safe skincare products since 1996, both vegan and cruelty-free. They're responsibly sourced, plant-derived ingredients, and good for your skin and the planet. This company is female-founded and family-operated by a mother and daughter team, which of course we love. I am particularly excited about adding the Undaria Algae Body Oil into my routine. I cannot tell you how much this stuff has changed my skin. Like right as we're coming out of winter into spring, this like dry skin girl like had to put that all over my legs and my feet and my arms. And it's just so nourishing. The oil feels so fancy and rich. It's not greasy or sticky. It has a really light scent. It instantly moisturizes and replenishes dry skin, leaving every inch so silky smooth. Osea soaks hand-harvested Undaria algae in barrels of oils for up to six months. The result is truly liquid gold, like this rich, luxurious, not greasy body oil, fragrant with sunny citrus and top notes of sweet passion fruit. Like it is good. You can try Osea risk-free for 30 days. Y'all risk-free for 30 days and get free shipping on your orders over $50. They even send you fun free samples with every order and get 10% off your first order with my promo code egram at Osea, that's O-S-E-A, Malibu.com. That's 10% off with code egram at Osea Malibu, O-S-E-A-M-A-L-I-B-U.com. And my code is egram. Thank you so much, Osea, for supporting the podcast. This is a dream come true. All right, our next question, can you do an episode on tri-types? So full disclosure, I get asked this a lot, and here's the thing, I did do an episode on tri-types, 
But then I took it down. And here's the thing. It's because I'm not really, I'm not trained in tri-types. Like I'm not an expert. And I just kind of felt like, yeah, I've read enough, but I don't feel confident. I just didn't feel confident. However, the creator of tri-types is teaching a workshop for the Enneagram Summit. So if you are interested in tri-types, like the one, the tri-type teacher is joining for the summit. So for like less than $50, you can get her workshop and tons of other workshops and Enneagram panels. So hear it from her first. I highly recommend taking that workshop because she is the one, you know? The next question is, I was initially typed as a three, but I'm not entirely sure it's correct. I took another quiz and typed as a six and three being my fourth highest. How can I really figure out where I am? I feel confused. Good question. So here's the thing. I, for this reason, I often don't recommend the quizzes online because I think they can be quite confusing. If you take the quiz expecting to get your type result, it's actually like not really helpful because it's so easy to mistype that it's more confusing than informational, right? Because you might mistype and then you take the quiz again and you get a completely different number and it's it's complicated. So I would really just read through the types, see which ones you resonate with, see which one makes you feel a little uncomfortable, which one makes you feel too seen, which one makes you feel like someone's reading your journal out loud. That's your type. You don't need a quiz to tell you your type. You know your type when you read it because it is so personal. However, six and three are connected on the Enneagram system. And at times sixes can look like a three, especially if they work in a competitive work environment or they're in a season of stress or maybe their family prioritizes success in the traditional sense. Threes, sixes, and nines are all in the center triangle of the Enneagram symbol and they're all connected. And sometimes I found that people who are in that triangle can really relate to all three pretty intensely. So how this works is threes go to nine in stress and six in rest. Nines go to three in rest and six in stress. And sixes go to three in stress and nine in rest. So they're all pretty intertwined. So it's really about why you do the things you do. Threes are concerned that others view them as successful. Nines are concerned with not offending people and keeping the peace. And sixes are concerned primarily with their safety and security. So that would be kind of how I would gauge this. Are you concerned with that others view you as successful? Or are you more so concerned with not offending people and keeping the peace? Or are you more concerned primarily with your safety and security and feeling supported? But in general, definitely go read through the types, get a good book. The Honest Enneagram is my personal favorite. What can I say? And <laughs> that was so cheesy. Um, but really, The Honest Enneagram is my book. If you want to start with the Enneagram in that way, I highly recommend it. Um, or you can just, you know, read the types online and that will work just as well. Or you can join the Enneagram Summit and I will be doing a, a breakdown of every type. And the panels will give you much more depth and insight into the thought process and patterns of the types themselves. Okay, final question for today. Hello, I am a six, but there are so many times when I feel like there is no way I can be one. I was wondering what the core difference between a six and a two are. So some similarities between six and two, both can be relational, both can be oriented toward, you know, family and relationships. 
although it's almost swapped, whereas sixes tend to be skeptical of new people and very loyal to those in their inner circle, twos may want to please new people more and tend to struggle with neglecting those they're closest to. Ultimately, though, twos are far more concerned with being liked and loved, while sixes are primarily concerned with their safety and security. Two's focus goes to relationships, while sixes go, focus goes to not being without support. So sixes are relational because they want to maintain a dynamic in which they are supported. They have a place, place where they can get feedback. They know that they're going to be safe. They're surrounded. They have a community that looks out for them. And then twos, they want to know that you like them, that you love them, that you approve of them, that you, are, you find them charming right? So, um, and that you need them around. So that's kind of the, the major difference there. All right, friends, thank you all for joining today. If you enjoyed today's episode, you can give back by taking just a few moments to leave a rating and review in iTunes. It means way more than you know. If you have Enneagram questions, you can call or text them into 828-338-9127. And this is my formal reminder that if you call them in and leave a voicemail, your question gets answered faster. Less people do that, and therefore I get to those much more quickly. And finally, if you are listening in real time and want to join for the 2021 Enneagram and Coffee Summit, the link to join is in the show notes. If you get an all-access pass, I'll be doing Facebook Lives every single day of the summit in our private Facebook community. So we can hang out at least one of those days if you can make it or every day, or you can watch the replays and submit your questions and they will get answered there as well. All right, friends, thank you so much for joining me and I will see you tomorrow for the next one. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.